Welcome back to another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. And if you haven't noticed, we haven't talked too much NBA in a while. And that's because I've been waiting to have on my good friends who are hardcore NBA fans. One of them, you remember him, Osei Ligby. How's it going? How's it going, bro? Doing well. And making his debut on the pod, also a big fan of the NBA, that's Adon Langbaum. How's it going? What's up, man? Doing good. Hopefully the Lakers haven't rubbed off on you too much out in L.A., huh? <laughs> nah, dude. Never. Okay, so before we really get into any big discussions, I feel like we should talk about the large amount of injuries throughout the league, and it's kind of really shaped the NBA season so far. I mean, just to name a few, Blake Griffin, uh, sprained MCL, Mike Conley, Achilles, Kawhi Leonard had a quad issue, Isaiah Thomas, the hip, John Wall, knee, Markel Fultz with a shoulder, Steph Curry with an ankle. I mean, Ose, any of these injuries in particular you think have like, you know, really impacted the season? Yeah, particularly like uh, I would say Kawhi and the Spurs because you knew the Spurs are going to be like a powerhouse this season because you're coming back with uh, um, you, you've got you've got Kawhi like he's entering like his peak years now. So like when that injury happened, I was basically just kind of like, okay, so the Spurs going to fall. You know, the Spurs bench has always been strong; they're going to be able to make a come up. But at the same time, it's come down to like whether or not like he can get back into into like the flow of things, or whether or not he's going to be productive as he usually is. So that one really stood out to me. Like, I mean, he's he's like gotten healthier now. He played the last game, didn't he? Yeah, he's played. Uh, he's played two games. I yeah. believe out of the last three, but they're uh, they're really kind of putting a, a chokehold on his minutes and sitting him on back to back. So, well, all right. So to jump in, we're going to talk about the Western Conference in general. I would say it's struggling a little bit outside of Houston, Golden State, and the Spurs. The mm-hmm. rest of the conference just hasn't looked as good as we thought they would going into the season. And to start off with the main team that's uh, leading that front is the Thunder. Right now they're 14 and 15. They're eighth in the West. They just seem to not have a fluid offense. They're bottom five in assist percentage. They're second in isolation plays, third to last in three-point percentage. And it just seems like when Westbrook is tired, it's literally just a clusterfuck yeah. of trying to get people a shot. You know, we knew that going in that mellow would have an effect on defense and mm-hmm. moving the ball. But did you think this team would look this bad? I say, dude, not at all. And honestly, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like, you've got a powerhouse like, uh, um, like Russell Westbrook. And then you add in like one more superstar. They, sh- they would have been good at that point. So now you've got PG 13 and you've got mellow and they can't get like the flow, right? You know, they don't know who to go to shoot. Um, their defense is going to be lackluster normally just because like those guys are all like very impressively defensively other than uh, Westbrook. And at the same time, they don't know like how to, I guess, lead the team without overstepping on each other's like, you know, bounds and stuff, you know, like everyone wants to attack, everyone wants to shoot, but they don't have a certain offense they can like go to when things are getting rough. Yeah. It's like, it's straight isolation plays all the time. Exactly. And a lot of it comes from that. They're the three most ball heavy players in the NBA. Uh, and I think a lot of it is honestly like Westbrook's fault because he's not a true point guard. He's, you know, a shoot first drive slasher type point guard, and he's not a facilitator. And that's what you need on like if you have three superstars, you got to pass the ball. You got yeah. everybody has to have some some shots, and it's just it's not working well. You know, it's just I saw the uh, the Pacer game a couple of nights ago, and oh, that was oh rough. my god, that was you see so that rough. game? Yeah, it was just like two minutes of just a meltdown, man. It was bad. I feel like yeah, I feel like one of the problems is like if Westbrook's not involved, he's literally like off to the sideline just on his like hands on his knees. Like exactly. just completely out of the play. So you know, if the Thunder can't turn it turn it around, you have to believe that they will look 
at offers for Paul George, right, Adon? Because otherwise, they're yeah. going to lose him and get nothing. Yeah, no, I think they, I think they definitely will look for offers. Um, their GM, um, Sam Presti, he's known for somebody's not performing well, or if they're not driving together, then they'll just ship him off. Um, he did that with Harden. Oh yeah, it's not a big um, deal at all. Yeah, it's not. They don't care. So yeah. I think that if Paul George. I think if this season kind of just blows, then they'll definitely look to shopping Paul George around. And, you know, I think Paul George's destination is L.A. anyway. Um, it's kind of like a trial period. And it's not working so far, but I, I don't know. There's still time left in the season. But, yeah, I think I think it's more of a Westbrook problem, to be honest. Yeah, that's the thing. is because, like, the kind of point guard they need at this point, when you have Melo and you have PG-13, you need a point guard like CP. You need a point guard like Tony Parker. You need someone to facilitate and give more assists and a pass, like you know, a pass happy point guard versus yeah. someone like Westbrook who like who's eager to take over the game when he needs to, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And like, what the thing is about Westbrook, like he he always will take over the game oh, in the last sure. in the last minute, you know. And he's not always the right guy to do it because he's not a pure shooter. I just don't know how many have, times I like, yeah. have, you don't have Melo or uh, Paul George do that. Yeah, same I here. just I don't I don't know how many times I must have seen. Uh, Westbrook did just get out of control at the very end of the game and just barrel down and either lose the ball or like you know get a charge. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and he's always like complaining doesn't like doesn't get a foul and like dude like you're just reckless. Yeah. All right. So next team up, the Rockets, twenty four and four, first in the West. They've looked great. They're on a uh, winning streak. Forget how high it is at this point. They're first in league in defensive rebounds, second in offensive rating, fifth in defensive rating. The the keep piece that i uh was questionable about at the beginning of the season was chris paul but it looks like he's fitting in well he's nearly mm-hmm. averaging 10 assists per game he's been comfortable taking a secondary role averaging only 14 a game behind harden and gordon but i would say like what do you think about the rockets so far and do you can you see them potentially finishing as the first seed in the west oh yeah definitely first to second like honestly it comes down to because james harden is consistent Chris Paul's consistent. I mean, and you've got they got a piece now with Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's a he's a scorer, and um, and also you've got Nene, um, Ryan Anderson, and Lukumba uh, Mute, and like those guys, like they're just consistent. Like they're consistent shooters, consistent defenders, and they all like work together individually. So when you put them on a team together. All of a sudden, you've got James Harden, who's always uh, who's always looking to shoot first, which is dangerous and like that fact. And then of course, on top of that, he can get to the paint pretty easily. Um, Chris Paul is always looking to facilitate and pass the ball. And Eric Gordon is like, he's an asset because he'll always average like 10 points a game if you need to, you know? I, I think yeah. if Chris Paul like maintains his health, then they have a real shot of knocking off the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like I, when we saw, I saw them play the Spurs the other day. They're a machine, man. Like they're, they're really going in all cylinders right now. And like you said, like Harden, steady players next to LeBron. Um, I think... Since his time in Houston, I believe it's like six years, he mm-hmm. hasn't missed a single game. Oh, like, yeah. He's doable. Dude, like, he's, he's a machine. He's so yeah. yeah. He's a machine. Very durable, he's a machine. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of that, Don, I mean, he's averaging 32 a game, 9.2 assists per game, shooting over 40% from three. I think, his, I think his true shooting percentage is outrageous, too. Um, do you, would you think he is in the lead for the MVP at this point? Yeah. No, I, I think so. Him. Either him or Giannis, and you know, of, of course, LeBron is always going to be in the rankings. Right. But um, you know, there's too many injuries on the Warriors right now. You know, Durant was out for a little bit. Curry's now out. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi is out. So the competition is like it's kind of low right now. Yeah, it's lackluster. Um, yeah, also, we'll see, once yeah. Kawhi comes back, 
but also like speaking of the i mean that we don't have the warriors on the docket just because i like the warriors get talked about you know enough already as it is but like what is up with durant he's getting like ejected like once a week it seems like dude it's bad yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's like three. He has like, like yeah, three he ejections in a month. Or, yeah, he has like at least two or three in this season. And like, I mean, the, ugh, I just I don't know what's going it's on with weird. him. Yeah, it's weird. He's always been sort of like you know like the nice guy, like you know the silent like warrior type. And now he's just kind of like being like a little more like out there, maybe trying to prove something. Maybe it's like some Twitter beef. Like who knows? Like the dude's just wild. He's wild. <laughs> yeah, now. That, those fake Twitter accounts. Maybe, oh maybe he's too, too angry over there. <laughs> I would say, what do you think about Harden for MVP? Um, yeah, I also agree. Like because like because like it's such an easy pull right now, and we're like we're like a month and a half away from the well, from All Star break, and like once it gets to that point, it's you already know who's going to be in the lead pretty much. And right now, yeah. my money's on Harden too. Yeah. All right, yeah. Giannis is playing super well though. I don't know. It, oh, it he definitely is. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Giannis, I think, is going to definitely like for the East at least. He's he's the leader right there. Yeah, yeah he's a monster. Next team up, Memphis Grizzlies, 9-21, second to last in the West. They've already fired coach David Fisdale. There's rumors of a Marcus Gasol trade, although they say it's not going to happen. But he has been on record saying he would approve of it yeah. if that's what the Grizzlies wanted to do. This is what I didn't want to talk too much about, but it's kind of disappointing to see uh, one of the powerhouse teams – or not – I don't know powerhouse, but a team that has been very consistent over mm-hmm. many years – uh, look so poor right off the bat, don't you think? Yeah, basically. Yeah, they're not playing well. It's yeah, and they have a lot of injuries right now. It's like they're just it's coming down like to where it's like they're almost like you want them to be like a low seed so they can get picked off pretty easily in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. So next team up, the Clippers, eleven and seventeen. You know, Blake Griffin's hurt, and there's more rumors that DeAndre Jordan will be traded, if not imminent. Adon, who do you think is in a worse situation right now, the Grizzlies or the Clippers for the future? Because, I mean, the Clippers, like, this is this is clearly what people have been saying needed to happen for years, which was blow it up because they, they cl- clearly wasn't working. And now it's looking like it's actually finally going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that the Clippers will always be fine because they're such a large market. Like, L.A., like, everybody wants to come to L.A., even though it's not the Lakers. As opposed to the Grizzlies, is a little. It's a small market, and it's going to be harder to get some big names. But um, I do think that the Clippers need to just completely change up their roster and trade DeAndre. I was thinking a Rockets trade might be pretty crazy. You know, if they like ship off like oh, Capella wow. and yeah. Tucker and some, maybe even Aaron Gordon, a couple assets. That'd be. I mean, they already did that to uh, get a similar thing with Dwight, but you know that didn't work out. So I don't know. Or possibly even a, um, a revisit to the Mavericks. Oh, I can no. see Mark Cuban. <laughs> I can see Dennis Smith Jr. and um, DeAndre really playing well together. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> All right, so next team up, the San Antonio Spurs, 20-10, third in the West. They have really kept on trucking without Kawhi and have continued to play good defense, which is really a credit to Pop. They're fourth in defensive rating. Pau Gasol is the team's third leading point-per-game scorer, and yet they still continue to win. You know, yeah. Damn. I mean, Pau Gasol <laughs> is nowhere near an offensive Yeah, that's wild. Um, weapon. Crazy. Just to say, but <laughs> Not anymore, yeah. The main player I really wanted to talk – I mean, so – I guess first off, Adon, do you think that 
this team, how do you think this team is going to react to Kawhi being slowly phased back in? It's looking like they're kind of struggling a little bit to get him completely integrated back into the offense, and that the and this you know this is shown to happen sometimes with teams. But how do you think this team is going to do now with Kawhi back in? They'll, I mean, they'll be fine. It's at the end of the day, it's Popovich, and he's coaching the Spurs, and this team has been together like their core pieces have been together forever. Um, and I honestly think that right now it's just complacency with the team. That's, I mean, that's why we're not doing so with Kawhi back because I kind of feel like the Spurs are like, oh, we got, we got Kawhi back. Uh, we can kind of back down a little bit on you know, our offense and defense. That's kind of how I felt when they played the Mavs. Um, not, not this last game, but the one in, Memphis, uh, the one in uh, Dallas. Um, but they'll be fine. I think that after the All-Star break, we'll really turn it on. But at the end of yeah. the day, I don't think – I think we got worse. Like even after Kawhi comes back, I think we even got worse than last year, slightly worse. We lost some key guys um, like Deadman and Lee. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like – I feel like the Spurs season is just going to be okay. Like we're going to make the playoffs. But um, I don't think we have a chance against the Rockets or the Warriors. Yeah, Kawhi does look a little hesitant right now, but I'm sure that'll wear off as he slowly gets more and more minutes. But Lamarcus Aldridge has played much better this season. You know, about time, about time. So last season, right towards the end, there was so much rumors he wanted to trade, he wanted out, he didn't think he was being used the way he wanted to be used, which is really saying something for a player coming out of San Antonio, considering how much you know players seem to love playing for Pop, right, and and how much it seems to improve their career, but. This season, it seems like Pop had a. I think he had Pop had a hard to hearts with with him and has been playing him more how Lamarcus envisioned. He's averaging twenty two point seven points per game, eight point one rebounds per game. So, Don, do you think he can continue to maintain this production uh, as Kawhi slowly phased back in? You know, as a Spurs fan, I really hope he does, but I honestly I don't see it. I think he is gonna. I think he'll be slightly better than last year, but he is gonna dip. And look, the only reason why he was playing so well is like, who is your your number two option right now on the Spurs? Like before Tony Parker came back, it what it was Powell or Rudy Gay? I like don't know. yeah, no offense. Manu is freaking playing amazing right now. By that the way, that game winner was yeah. sick. Yeah, amazing. But no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I I actually read today that his you know his field goal percentages with Kawhi out were around like close to 50%. And then oh, nice. those last couple of games Kawhi was playing, even those short minutes, his uh, field goal percentage were down to 38%. So it's not a good sign. It's, it's a small sample size, but you know that's already kind of showing that he, he needs to be an alpha dog. And with Kawhi back, it'll, I don't know, it gets in his head or something, but we'll see how it pans out. But I don't, he's not going to be shooting 50% with Kawhi back. I, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, probably coming from a market like Portland. Maybe it's just like the mentality of like the way like he's been like trained to play, or maybe still getting used to the system, even though it's been over a year. But yeah, he just needs to he needs to make more plays off ball, and then at the same time, like he needs to be able to give like other guys looks like Kawhi and stuff, you know? Because Kawhi Kawhi can like he can do everything. He's super versatile on like both ends of the floor, versus um, uh, versus Marcus Aldridge, who's used to having um, you know back in Portland, he's got his one great point guard that can give him all looks he can get the whole entire game. So. Once he finds his place in the system, I guess maybe he can he can figure it out and stay. But if not, then he's not going to stay very long. Yeah, I think that 
his he's I think he can keep his aggressiveness and his defense has been really well lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been he's been crashing the boards hard and you can definitely tell. And I think he can definitely keep that with Kawhi back. I just think he works better with a, the other superstar being a point guard right. that can pass him and feed him the ball more than working in a system like the Spurs with. Kawhi being a little bit more ball dominant, but he's not really a facilitator yet. So I think it kind of hinders LMA's game. But you know, as you know, as long as he's crashing the boards and you know being a really good defensive anchor, then I think he can still be you know pretty valuable to us. It'd be criminal to not mention how well Danny Green has played this season. You know, I was so critical of this guy in 2013 because, <laughs> because so that that this is during the finals, right? The first five games, he's shooting incredible, sets like the record in the finals for three point. Dude, that was oh, crazy. he was going off. He was going off. Yeah. incredible. And I remember thinking, okay, the Spurs are up three two. They need to win one more game. And I remember going out in San Antonio and. I saw flyers. This guy was passing out ads, and it was for a Danny Green's birthday party. And it happened to be the day. Yeah. It happened to be the day after Game Seven. And I remember thinking, like, okay, it's not like during the season, so it's not like that big of a deal. But I remember thinking, like, if he's having like people pass these out, maybe it's not him, maybe it's the club, but whatever. You know, that's not a good mindset. You want to, you know, I at least I believe that people should be focused on the the finals. Oh, yeah. In the zone, and yeah. and then what happened? Game six, the the it all went off the rails. <laughs> and the problem was, is the Spurs had gotten so reliant on his shooting, they just kept feeding him the ball, thinking that it would get better. And game six and seven, it didn't, and it, the Spurs obviously lost to that Ray Allen three. And for a while there, I was very critical of Danny Green for that, and I never, always thought that his uh, whenever he put the ball on the on the on the wood, that it would just turn into disaster. But he has slowly gotten those skills up. And his defense is he's playing out of this world, has so many block shots, making threes, he's playing great. He's honestly been one of the players that saved this team and uh, gotten us many more wins than we probably should have. So it'd be wrong to at least not mention him. All right. Yeah. Wait, can I one yeah, more go ahead. Go ahead. thing on that? I didn't know that he was putting out flyers for his birthday. He always does that shit Bro, like on social media. That's insane. Like, like the dude's like my party yeah. Like that. Yeah, no. He was, like he's uh, acting like he's averaging twenty points a game, but it's like it's just like. <laughs> what's, what do you mean? Like, what's that one? Dude, yeah. One, one that uh that that like went to the it was like right next to like the Hooters or whatever. <laughs> uh, that, like, no, swear to God, he would always have his freaking birthday party. That's there. wild, dude. Oh, Rio, right? Rio, yeah. Oh, Club Rio. Rio. Yeah. And then, yeah. He'd always oh, have his birthday God. party there, and then Rio went out of business, and everyone said Danny Green is probably so upset. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, that's no, a true story. Yeah. That's a true story. It's hilarious. You know what? Ever, ever since then, like game six and seven, he like made like maybe like three threes total. In those two games, well, his birthday is like I think I believe it's like uh, I mean it's like somewhere in June or July. It's yeah, but either way, it's like right around that game seven time that it would normally be. So, all right, let's talk some Eastern Conference. And the first thing I want to talk about is that a team that you wouldn't probably think about. It's the Hornets. They are ten and nineteen, third to last in the East. And the reason I want to talk about them is this team is just seems in like general limbo. I mean, their head coach Steve Clifford is taking time away from the team for health reasons. Their top this is this is this is funny, right? This is weird stats about this team. Their top ten in defensive rating, sixth best in opponent three point percentage. 
They're third to last in their own three-point per- their field goal <laughs> percentage. They're second best in turnovers, but they're third to last in forcing turnovers. All over the place. But they're second best in off defensive rebounds. Right? So like they're not middle at like it doesn't seem like they're middle at anything. They're just either good or terrible. <laughs> but you know, and this has been many seasons with you know Kemba Walker, you know Dwight Howard. Osei, I know you want to talk about him. Like, yeah. What do you you know? What do you just? What do you think about him? Honestly, like it's like he's he's gotten to the points where he's like in the Zen mode of his career. You know, like when you're this age and you're with a team, you want to kind of have like an idea set. You either want like a championship under your belt, or you want like be a consistent All Star. Or you want to be going somewhere where, like Dwight Howard, he's like he peaked so early, and like ever since then he just kind of slowly circled the drain. Now he's at the Hornets, and they're going to be going through some changes because you know Kemba's not going to want to stay there, and Michael Carter's in that team now, so they're going to start building around him. And it's like, it's like you know, it's like what does Dwight Howard want right now? Because he's not going to win a championship with the Hornets. Let's be honest here, and he knows that. You know what I mean? So it's like he needs to either like get traded again for the 1500th time or just or just maybe like accepts his fate that he's not the most dominant big man in the NBA anymore. Well, the thing I I or go ahead, Adon. Go ahead. I was going to say yeah, it's just it's it's kind of sad to watch. Yeah. He was so dominant. He was, you know, he was Superman, dude. Like, yeah, he was that guy. I remember growing up and be like Dwight, like I have a Dwight poster in my room. Like he was the man and I I don't think it's more that his that he like regressed in his game more than the NBA just changed. Exactly. Because now, like, you know, there's Embiid, there's Davis, there's all these big men who can shoot and have incredible footwork. And they're just much more complete players than a traditional big man was, like, like Dwight is. Like, Dwight can't shoot at all. Yeah. And he never could, you know? And like the NBA. Is, is phased away from that now everybody's shooting like if you're a bi- if you're a big man you can't shoot threes like you're not a top 10 big man in the league yeah that's the thing it's like yeah every like what don said every big man now can stretch the floor it can at least hit like a consistent jumper you know what i mean and like oh, you that have can, to be able to shoot you, yeah, you, you can't you, shoot in the nba like oh yeah there's I no talked room about this in the um i kind of talked about this when i said the, the 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 problem with the thunder matching up against the warriors in theory mm-hmm. Is that they're always going to have somebody who can't shoot, and exactly. whenever you can't shoot, like if you're a team, you can just hide. Like whoever's terrible on defense, you can just hide him on that guy. Say, okay, go defend him. He's not going to do anything but yeah. stay on the three point yeah. line anyways and not make shots. So it's like if you can't shoot, like your you know your offense is just going to like be you've so strange. Yeah, yeah, you've already been stripped of that. And it's like back in back in Dwight's day. I mean, which other big man could shoot? Chris Bosh, you know what I mean? Like it's like, and he has he just hasn't evolved with the with the NBA, so to speak. Nah. I mean, he can still he can still average a double double. You know, he can still get the great um, alley oops and the and crash the boards and stuff. But when if you put any other big man on like that's that can at least hit a jumper in front of his face, I mean, they're going to be getting just as many points as he is. So. I mean, yeah, every big man can shoot. Marcus exactly. Salk can shoot threes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Demarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. All I mean, all these big guys can. I mean, maybe they and like I, you know, there's who's not to say that they always could have, but like mm-hmm. they just are afraid to shoot because they know their coach is going to chew them out when they see some yeah. big guys shooting three. But it's definitely uh, adding another wrinkle in most offenses. But you know, going back to the limbo thing, I mean, this team is just weird. They're not. I mean, they are third to last, but like they're not tanking like traditional teams are. They're not like stocking up like new players and like building up yet. They're not doing it like 
You know, they're not like pulling like a Sixers. They're not pulling. Um, yeah, they're just kind of floating. They're not pulling there. a Celtics. Yeah. This, you know, they're not. You know, yeah. they're not yeah. like they're not like adding pieces in like the the Wizards. I just don't know what they're doing. I mean, the yeah, Nets like, are. You can see the Nets are at least like, all right, we're just going to be bad and just like trying to accumulate pieces. <laughs> yeah, like, on paper, I don't just, know what they're doing. Yeah, on paper they look good. I mean, you have all right. So you've got Kemba, Dwight, Michael Kilgilchrist, great defender. You've got Cody Zeller, Jeremy Lamb. You've got MCW. I mean, on paper, they're like a, they're a decent team. They could definitely like cinch like the like cinch seventh or eighth in like a weaker East Conference. But now it's like if you're not building to win, you, you can't. You're not going to win. That's the thing. You've got teams yeah, with you know, the talent are going to beat you. They they remind me of the um, the Hawks like for the past thirteen years before this year when they're just like completely horrible. Like they were always for like thirteen straight seasons. Playoff, second round exit, first round exit. Yeah, like exactly. they were in. Like, just, you, you just no, knew everybody knew they were going to. Yeah, it's 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 just like that. But just worse. I think they need a. I, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a Dwight problem, and it always always is going to be a Dwight problem. <laughs> All right, but, that's probably yeah. more. Uh, that's probably more Hornets talk than literally anybody cares to talk about. But <laughs> I just want to. It, it was just one of those interest. I like interesting teams that you know that I want to talk about. So. Next one up, Celtics, looking great, 25 and 7, first in the East. They've really played good without Gordon Hayward. They're first in points allowed, first in defensive rating. Kyrie is looking like he's having one of his best seasons, 24 points, averaging 24 a game and five assists per game. Ose, do you think Kyrie's having like an MVP type season for him? And do you think the, this team could also compete with the Cavs potentially? potentially in the playoffs yeah you know after like you know those first few games where they played the Cavs and they were doing great and like seeing Kyrie now it's like you can't he's doing the same things he was doing in Cleveland except he can do more of it because he is like the leading superstar on that team he doesn't have to worry about like a guy like LeBron he doesn't have to worry about like the whole entire bench he needs to come on and get their minutes like he's just he's like he's Kyrie being Kyrie you know he's just like he's dancing in the paint he's shooting threes and you can't you can't ask him to do any more than he's doing now you know what I mean and I definitely see him having like he's probably at least like like second, third, or fourth for MVP ranking just because of like how consistent he's being. And I could see Celtics being like a top three seed for sure. Yeah, his handles have gotten like actually better. Yeah, it's, if you can believe crazy. it. <laughs> like, yeah, if you can believe it. Like it's, he is unreal. He's so good. I, I love Kyrie. And I, I do think that they can, you know, I think they can push the, the Cavs to six or seven games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just I, I just want to see how Isaiah Thomas fits in with the Cavs and LeBron. But I, I don't think they can knock off LeBron just yet. I think they do need Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. But they can. I think they can definitely push the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, so next team up, the Bucks, 15-13, and 7th in the East. The Eric Bledsoe trade looks like it's working out. It's providing another scoring option without having to dominate the ball. But this team looks like it's it's been struggling defensively. They're bottom half in the league in defensive rating. But yet they still have Giannis dominating, averaging 30, 10, and 5 a game. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Um, it's, this team should be ranked higher in the East, don't you think, Ose? Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's like because the numbers that they're posting right now, when you like see them, like they take the Rockets all the way to you know, triple digits and stuff. Um, Giannis is dropping a triple-double here, dropping a triple-double there. And then they're like, you know, almost like second to last in the East. It's like, what's going on? And it's probably just because of the fact that um, the Bucks, they have like you know they have two main scoring options, and they're not like a heavily defensive team, and like they do what they can right now. But 
I think they're going to need like they're going to need more. They need their bench to step it up at this point because you can't have Giannis carrying the team or have Eric Bledsoe, you know, have like a wonder night just for them to like compete with like you know the West. What do you think about uh, Giannis as an MVP, Adon? I I think he's incredible, and I definitely think he's going to be like either first or second. I honestly I think that you know mo- you know in the past MVPs come from winning teams, right? So. I don't think that he's going to get it. I think it's going to be James Harden because they're first in the West and they're on fire. And Harden's having a career year, you know, shooting 40% from the threes. That's insane. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, like Giannis is, he is like a one of a kind talent. And I do think, I don't know if it's going to happen this year, maybe next year. They're a couple years away from being, you know, like a true contender in the East. And I think that's when he'll get the MVP, and he'll even be better because he's like 22 right yeah, now. Yeah, the dude's like he's not even close to peaking. It's insane. Yeah, they'll go the route of like the Thunder. I think it's like they're gonna have a guy like Giannis, Giannis, and he's just gonna be you know at the center of everything. And either pieces are gonna come to that team, or he's gonna go to another team. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I skipped over this team. I just now realized that I'm surprised that Don didn't uh, raise hell over there because he want to talk about <laughs> him so bad. The 76ers are looking good, but oh, they're yeah. still only 14 and 14 and 10th in the East. You know, the, there's two teams in the East right now in the playoffs um, that I wouldn't have projected to be there, and that's the Pacers and the Knicks. And the two teams I thought would would be in there, Miami and 76ers. Granted, they're all like within two games of parts. It's not really that far, but Ben Simmons you got to believe it's probably already have the rookie of the year locked up. I mean, it's yeah. 17.6 points per game, 9.3 rebounds per game, 7.6 assists per game, two Jeez. steals per game. Adon, what have you thought or what have you uh, thought about Ben Simmons' uh, season so far? It's crazy. It's honestly, it's one of the best rookie seasons I've seen that I've been alive for. Um, like the amount of hype that's surrounded by Ben Simmons' season is crazy. He he kind of looks like a young LeBron out there. Like, he's huge. He's, like, 6'10", super fast. He dunks like crazy. You know, I, he just needs to learn how to shoot a little bit better, but that will come. Like, he's super young, and he's a rookie. And I think that I, it's definitely locked up. But I think that this year is one of the best years for rookies in general. Like, there's Dennis Smith Jr. on the Mavs, who is playing really, really well. I think he's a little bit injured right now, but his athleticism is crazy. Well, the, he's the, a higher yeah. vertical than Westbrook, like a forty-inch vertical. Damn. The Mavs said that they would have drafted him one if they had the one, the number one pick. Like that's the yeah. that was the number one player on their board for them. He is he's playing really good basketball, and so does Donovan Mitchell on the Jazz. Like he yeah. just dropped forty-one yeah. the other night as a rookie. Like wow, yeah, that's impressive. This is yeah. this is a great season for rookies, and but I still think that Simmons is. He's kind of like another level above them all. Like he, he's just bigger and faster, and he's just he's just better. It's, it's yeah, he's it's great that, to watch. I'm like really excited to see how he man. progresses. Yeah, he's a pinnacle big yeah. man. He's like the he's the Dwight Howard worst enemy. You know what I mean? Like you see, like yeah. if you see freaking Ben Simmons matchup in the paint with a guy like Dwight or like a, just like a a typical center power forward, you know that he's going to put some moves on him or just stretch it out and get like a, a jumper over the guy. You know, he just has all the weapons right now. Yeah, he's he's good. He's so good, and so is so is Embiid. Wow, Embiid is crazy good 
like I haven't seen a big man that skilled, like that big and that skilled in a really long time. Like he is doing like the dream shake, he's yeah. shooting the ball like just, crazy. Yeah, just who I was about to talk crazy. about, averaging twenty three point five points per game, eleven point one rebounds per game. Talking shit to doesn't matter who. <laughs> oh shit, everybody. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like he was like talking so much shit to Westbrook. He talks shit to anybody he does that not ever care. Has yeah. Added. He, he nicknamed himself the process, I believe, and he's also like carrying a PlayStation everywhere he goes, just directing <laughs> kids on Call of Duty, I assume. But this has gotta be an interesting player. He's great, but what do you just what do you think about him being Osei? <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy how it happened because like when he was first drafted in the ball, like twenty fourteen, got injured, didn't play. Everyone's like, all right, all right, you know, with like sixes a cone up, let's go, let's go. Okay, got injured again, doesn't play. And then 16, 17 comes around our last season, and everyone's like, okay, like this is about to be a bust again. And then out of nowhere, the man just like decides that, okay, I'm like enough with the trash talk. I know I've been injured, but like here I am, like I'm here to stay, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and it's been such like a pleasure to watch because it's like, if you go watch like old Harvard classics and stuff, he like, he's got the dream shake. He looks like a Lajuan yeah. out there. It's insane. Like his footwork yeah. is, is like, he looks like a ballerina, dude. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Like I really am excited to see how his career progresses. And they kind of they this team kind of reminds me of like a young Thunder team. Like they have such good talent, like the him and Simmons, that I think that they're going to be broken up at some point, yeah. just for money reasons. But for right now, it's incredible to watch. Like that that Thunder game the other night. It was like three overtimes, and it, Embiid was playing like a career high minutes, and it was just awesome to watch because I. Like nobody wants to see these guys injured. Oh anymore. yeah, exactly. And it's it's nice to see them playing and dominating at such a young age. All right, next team up on the Eastern Conference is the Cavs. So right now, twenty three and eight, second in East. Really, the thing I wanted to talk about is that they just haven't looked, you know, engaged on defense. And like every year, we talk about this with the Braun teams. They <laughs> look terrible on defense, and then they lock it in, and then they play great. Except last year, they didn't quite lock it in. They looked subpar, and it kind of showed. Um, yeah. What do you What have you thought about this uh, season with LeBron, Osei, and uh, this Cavs team so far? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's has gotten to the point where it's like, like they know what they have, and they've got a bunch of old heads on there. You've got you've got LeBron, you've got Dwayne Wade, um, you've got Kevin Love. Call Corver for crying out loud, and like they're just and like they they know what they have, they know what they're making to the playoffs, and LeBron is at the point where he's just like, okay, what's an MVP? You know, like what's an All Star? Like he really just wants championships at this point, so he's gonna do what he can, and he's gonna do like he's gonna do the most, but at the same time, he's not gonna try to injure himself. He's not gonna pay play forty minutes a game if he doesn't have to, you know. So they're just kind of there's like in a limbo with like in a winning limbo. Yeah, yeah, I think that you know take away the whole team but that's individual this is lebron's best season that i've ever seen him he's like his field goal percentages are crazy high i think he only trails behind like the big man like in you know like a uh a white side or um deandre Mm -hmm. you know who just like get the ball into the basket and take all oops but for him to be shooting the ball all over the place and he's shooting the three i think he's shooting like around 40 percent for yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's averaging like a triple double in his last ten games. He wanted to improve his free throw percentage this this season, and he did. He's shooting the three ball better. Uh, he's arguably playing some of the best ball he's ever had this late into his career, which is just absolutely it's insane wild, to think about. Yeah, I I think he's peaking, like peaking in a sense that he 
his athleticism peaked in Miami, I think. Oh, but for sure. I think he is peaking in terms of like IQ and shooting and overall. I think this is the overall best LeBron that we've ever seen because he is so smart and he still has athleticism and he can shoot now. And it's just, it's really cool to see because you know, it's, you know, it's not going to last much longer. So it's nice to witness this now. Yeah, his yeah, efficiency he, is just consistent now, and like he knows what what to work on in his game and stuff. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this and you do that. Like whatever I can do to get my my team better. But he knows that at like this point in his career is like, okay, you can just pick and choose. So one of the things that I've always thought the reason why teams struggle with Westbrook is that when he doesn't pass the ball, like, and like you know, you play on any team, if you don't get the ball, you don't get any chance to work on your skills. Uh, show your skills and so as a result everyone on your team is actually worse and mm-hmm. those that don't develop whereas it should be the opposite and they develop and i think i think lebron saw last year that he needs guys to develop and look better and so i think that's why he's trying to start to pass the ball more i mean there was one possession against the lakers where he had a wide open no one within 20 feet of him three-point shot and he squared up, waited for the defender to get close to him, pulled up, and then just passed it to like Jeff Green to try to get him to do something. And like, I mean, it's just weird to see him like pat. And it's and it's like you said, Odon, his IQ is just getting off the charts. He can you can clearly tell he's yeah. trying to improve his players. But mm-hmm. when he's not out there, though, this is another problem. We saw this with against the the Warriors. The guy was off for two minutes when he was on the court, plus a point differential of like four or five. Off the court, minus point differential. Like for he was off the court for two minutes. They were minus <laughs> nine. Like, yeah. And the offense is weird without him. I mean, there was another possession in that Lakers game where they, they passed the ball in, and not a single player got past half court till like the 17 second mark on the shot Jeez. clock. Which is like, what are you doing? <laughs> and you know, and it's like, but when he's on there, they look great. So I think I think he saw that last year when he was off the court. Nobody had their skills developed, and they just mm-hmm. looked awful. And I think he's trying to make. I think he's trying to just pass the ball more, so that way they can all work on their skills. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point because LeBron is always thinking biggest picture. Oh, yeah. He's thinking, oh, yeah, every he's very year. smart. He's very as, smart. He doesn't care about individual stats. He doesn't care about MVP. Like he is thinking June. So I think I think you're right. Like he he wants to take this season and develop everybody around him. So when it matters in June, that all of his players around him can be supporting him and making their shots and making the right plays. Like it's all just one big plan for that championship ring. And I think he's I think he's doing it. He knows. Yeah, it. he's doing it. Giving Alonzo uh, some little advice there. Mm-hmm. With his, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. See the day translated it. They like. They'd, yeah, some guy like, like somebody like knew what they said. Yeah, some guy like pulled like yeah. some mic live mic that was on, and it was basically just like, yeah. "Don't listen to all the haters. You're gonna be fine." Yeah, but like I was yeah, laughing was so hard when people are captioning it. Like, yo, <laughs> it was like the, my favorite one was like, "Yo, your dad crazy, but I'm in. I'm gonna call yeah. Paul George. You call Clay Thompson. <laughs> Only rule: no Kardashians." Oh, that's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Otherwise, I was like, "Hey." You guys look kind of shitty, but I'm in. Just tell your brother to keep away from my stuff. I got some nice shoes. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That's great. That's great. I need to see some of that stuff. <laughs> all right. So that's pretty much all the teams we had to talk about. We have a little extra time. Any teams out there that we didn't mention, guys, that you want to talk about really quick? I mean, we could always just, like, throw, like, Lonzo in there just because it's, like, might as well at this point. Like, <laughs> just it's just it's nice yeah. to see, like, outside of his game it's just wild to see like the effect he's had on the nba like what other players have this like much publicity since like lebron to be honest you know what i mean like 
Like his like yeah, his, for his real. imprint on the market is so huge right now, and he's like he doesn't have to play that well for it to like be that way. He was like this in like the preseason. He was like this in the summer league. He was like this in college. It's just been like crazy to like follow this wave he's got going on. Yeah, I guess we don't have to doubt. Yeah, Go ahead, Madonna. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy the amount of media that he has around him. But uh, I think that the media is just tr- – I, I think that what it is, it's just like he's just under a microscope, just like mm-hmm. LeBron. And it's his rookie season. Like he's actually not playing that bad. He's, he's a great passer and he can finish. He just needs to learn how to shoot. But, yeah. you know, like all rookies can't shoot. So I, I don't think – I think he's actually going to be a pretty good player in the NBA. And I think that's why LeBron is kind of taking him under his wing. Because he sees that he kind of probably sees like a young, a young him inside of uh, Lonzo being so under so much scrutiny, and you know, it, it's I guess it's hindering his development. He doesn't he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah, this would be the worst case scenario just to have him like have like a, a sophomore slump. You know what I mean? And just under all that all that scrutiny, like you said. Yeah, exactly. The you know, speaking of players, how glad do you think the Knicks are that they didn't trade Porzingis? Oh, oh, so glad. Yeah. He has looked incredible. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, he's freaking great. Like, and to think that Phil Jackson like was trying to shop him is insane. But Lordy. dude, he's whack. Phil Jackson is whack. What I happened, know. dude? He that's looked, uh, that's another I think, topic. I mean, we we <laughs> yeah. got plenty of other teams on here. Maybe we'll do another one of these and like next week because I mean the Pelic the yeah, Pelicans I think are worth talking about. Uh, Denver, the Trailblazers, For Toronto's sure. another kind of one of those mid limbo teams, right? Oh, uh, yeah, kinda, they yeah. Are. I mean, yeah, Washington as well without John Wall, but only have so much time. So now that I've, I would say I should have done this the first time you came on, but yo, what's up? Really quickly, what is your top five domestic ranking for beer? Let's see. Just off the top of your head. I know I'm kind of throwing this on you. No, but. it's all good. It's all good. Let's see. Off the top of my head, I'd say I'm a Shiner guy first. Start at five. No, start at five. Start at five? Okay. Um, yeah, oh, crap. Build us up. Build us Man. up. Man. All right. All right. All right. Let's see. Um, I like Fireman's Four. Um, and then on top of that, I'd probably say Austin Eastsiders. Um, okay. And then number three, let's go with... Any kind of like any kind of pale ale, to be honest, like that's like the one like IPA like kind of hoppy beer I like. Number two would be this is beer called Purple Haze. I'm not sure if you've had it. But oh my god! Dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have not had it. What is this? You got to tell me about this. <laughs> it's like I had it once at I had it once at a party or like maybe it was a draft house. Or <laughs> I don't know, but it was yeah. It's, it's called Purple Haze, but it's this is pretty good beer. It's brewed locally here. Um, I'd have to like look it up and like send it to you guys to see where it's from, but it's just like it's made with like raspberries and stuff. It's like hella sweet, but and then on top oh, of damn. that, it's gonna be Shiner just because Shiner's got every flavor in the world and it tastes tastes good all the time. Shiner is yeah, good, I yeah. Love Shiner. Adon, uh, also since it's your first time on the pod, got to give that top, got to get that top five domestic ranking, buddy. Okay, I'm gonna do like the quintessential domestic beers. Go for it. Okay, Number five. Sorry, sorry. Um, I guess for number five, I would have to say Michelob Ultra. All right. Michelle loves that beer, by the way. I should, I don't know why. It tastes like crap. It's like, <laughs> like the 96 Michelob's. calories, you can taste that nice. <laughs> I don't like it. It's like water. It's literally like water. There's better than that if you're going to go for shitty beers. <laughs> um, I would do that at five. Um, four, I would probably do Bud Light. Um, three, Budweiser. Yeah. 
do Coors. I like Coors, oh, actually. That's, Coors that's is beer, a good, that's beer pong a good beer for one. me. This is like <laughs> it's a good cheap. Oh, you're beer. right though. You're right. Yeah, no, I'm just going for cheap beers, and then I think. One Miller High Life, dude. Okay, you gotta respect the Miller High Life. See, uh, that's something about those champagne beers are just not good to me. But I've heard other people I love really it. like that one for too. a cheap beer. It's it's good. It has some. It, it kind of tastes a little bit more expensive if you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Not much. Merry Christmas. One of the things I've always wanted to do, and maybe we'll do this for the next bullshit topic, is to create a starting five of like players you don't want to pick a fight with and it's got to be something like something like matt barnes zach oh, randolph geez. david david west has got to be in oh there. yeah oh he's so scared. and then there's also got to be Boogie, like, a, start, like... Yeah, a starting lineup of like players who like pick all the fights but like don't want that <laughs> like, not, like uh, not about like, it like steph curry always trying to get in fights sometimes like you, yeah, you don't it, want none, dude <laughs> it's like i'm gonna do you dude, a favor yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> also like durant like you can't take durant seriously yeah, he's trying to start yeah. a fight like you do cupcake go home dude. like come on it's like that, I always think about the GIF. Whenever like these plays get into fights, where it's like Kobe like calling Dwight soft. It's like you're soft, Dwight. You're soft. <laughs> when he was on his yeah. team, it's like, oh man. Yeah, when he was on the Lakers yeah, with him, like, right? Him he was soft, just, like, dude, like, it's like, Dwight. are you kidding me? Like when your own teammates calling you soft, and it's, it's Kobe. You can't do anything about that either. Wait, so let's see. Let's see if we can make this like all hard like that. It's got to be like. Uh, Demarcus Cousins at like the power forward. Oh yeah. Uh, David West at the center. I mean, because Zach Randolph yeah. can sub in. <laughs> Matt Barnes small <laughs> forward, small forward. I'm trying to think of like a good uh, shooting guard and point guard to go along with this. I wouldn't want to pick a fight with Westbrook. He seems oh, really yeah. like fast and strong. Dude, like, no. Also, like Pat Beverly. You do not want. Oh uh, yeah, dude. Your neighborhood crackhead. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he definitely. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> looks like he'd like he'd like like shoot up and then like go like beat somebody up in the same night. Like just. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, like, for sure. Guy. He could like rip your head off. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to refine this list, but oh, uh, sure. I think that. Yeah. I think that's about it. I can't tell if Michael Beasley would be violent or not. What do you guys think? Maybe it looks like he's done some stuff. Definitely, you know. Yeah, but he kind of seems like just like a stoner because he got in trouble. Oh for that yeah. A lot. Oh yeah. I don't know. Oh no no no! Who was that? Um, who was that center that played on the Thunder a while back? Osei. Who are you thinking of? Uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? And he played along. He played. He played. Uh, he played like backup, but he he just had that death stare face. It was back. It was back was when it they, Cantor? was it who? Cantor. No 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 no. Stephen no. Adams. Um, He's still there. No, it was it was like right before then. It was when they went to the finals. Oh, Kendrick Perkins. Yes, oh, Kendrick yeah, there Perkins. you go. Kendrick oh, yeah, yes. you're not messing with Perkins. You're not one, one with Hell no. Dude, not at all. Dude, he's probably number I one. Guess, <laughs> maybe we'll just make an all bigs lineup. It'll just be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only six, ten and above guys, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins is. Oh, that yeah. guy was scary. That guy was scary to just like sit that. at home and watch, thinking he's going to come. Well, come okay. Okay. Might as well just add. Oh, <laughs> Serge Ibaka, too. Well, then, like, at the same time, like, God, Serge Ibaka would also, like, put you to sleep real quick. Dude, yeah. He's huge. Okay, he's got that leg, God. too. He got yeah. that long reach punch. Yeah. All right. That's, that's enough of that. <laughs> okay. So. Birdman. Wait, Birdman. Birdman. <laughs> you, I, yeah. Uh, Dude, is he really hard or is it just the tats? I don't know. You like maybe like no one wants That's to find what, out. He's like a Michael 
obviously it didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, no one wants to find, find out. out. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to the point where he's got tenure. Like it's just. <laughs> he's got, Nobody he's wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so um, follow us at the BBB Podcast on iTunes at the BBB Pod on Twitter. Please, folks, leave us those fat five star reviews. Need them bad. Ose, how can the people find you on Twitter? You know what? If you just uh, search up Ose the Gazelle, I'll pop right up. Adon, you recently started some uh, cinematography business. Why don't you go ahead and give that plug and uh, also how the people can find you on social media? Sure. Um, Instagram at Adon Langbaum, A-D-A-N-L-A-N-G-B-A-U-M. Then if you want to follow a digital publication I run, um, it is at mache.digital on Instagram. All right. And you guys know who my old dumbass is. So for Adon, for Ose, I'm Joey. See you later, folks.